All right, let's get to my first prop here. It's a two out of three rapid fire in the Oakland game. All right, so we have Gibson versus Fires. Gibson getting the tiebreaker here, and Gibson is probably the better pitcher. He sure is the better fantasy pitcher here. He is getting the easier matchup to Oakland, a little bit worse for a team than Minnesota when it comes to hitting here. And Gibson has a much higher K rate, about 7% higher than Fires. Fires is way better at home, so being on the road, this is a much worse spot. Only a three ERA at home, while it's much higher on the road here. So I'm rolling with Gibson and moving on. Next, we have Cruz going up against Liriano. Cruz is minus 200 to get a home run. I know he's giving up the tiebreaker. I generally don't like giving, going with guys who are not getting the tiebreaker. But Cruz is a massive fly ball guy and a massive home run guy going up against a huge fly ball pitcher in Fires who's not pitching over in Oakland. So the bomb is probably going to be here. I'm rolling with Cruz. Next up, we got Davis versus Kepler here. Davis currently minus, plus 250 to get a home run. Minus 200 to get a hit compared to Kepler, who's slightly worse, and Davis is getting the platoon split, going up against a low or a average strikeout pitcher in Gibson, who gives up a bunch of hard contact, bunch of fly balls. I'm rolling with Davis here. All right, next, we got my second prop. It's a two out of three over under in that same game. All right, so we got Gibson over under 5.5K. Gibson in his last few starts has been under 6Ks here, going up against a mediocre strikeout rate team in the A's. He is probably going to get under. He's got a decent K rate at 25%, but we never know how late he's going to go in the game. So I'd like to limit him around 88 pitches, 90 pitches here. Occasionally, he'll get up to 100. But in this matchup here, they can draw some walks over in Oakland. They don't strike out a huge clip, so I'm rolling with the under. Next up, we have Fires, currently pegged at 4.5 Ks. This is way too high for a 17% strikeout rate pitcher going up against a mediocre to below average strikeout rate team in Minnesota here. 4.5 is way too high of an under. Under Currently, we have Vegas having him at 3.5 here. So the under is the obvious call. You roll with the under here. Last up, Grossman under 1.5 hits slash walks. Gibson's an above average pitcher here. He's not great, but he's a good pitcher. And 1.5 walks slash hits for a guy like Grossman, who's not that great, is a big number here. So I am rolling with the under. All right, next up, we have my third prop here. It's a two out of three over under in the Angels game. All right, so we have Harvey over under 3.5 Ks. He's going up against a very low strikeout lineup in the Houston Astros. They're also very good, walk a lot, and get a lot of hard contact. Harvey's not going to go late into this game, so he's not going to be able to get 3.5 plus Ks here. I'm rolling with the under. This one's super easy here. Going No question, in my mind, Harvey's going to get blown up. This is a tough, tough matchup, and Harvey is just not that great of a pitcher. Take the under here and move on. Next up, Miley, 3.5 Ks. Vegas currently has him pegged at 4.5 Ks. Grand, the juice is pretty heavy on the under here, but this Angels team is a higher strikeout team than we're used to here. So early on in the season, when they were striking out at one of the lowest clips in the league, not applicable anymore with Upton in that lineup, with Otani in that lineup, with a few other guys in that lineup with higher K rates. He is more than likely going to hit the over here. You take the over. Last up, Altuve over under 1.5 total bases. He's going up against Harvey. Again, bad pitcher in a decent ballpark here. Altuve is probably going to get a double, probably going to get two hits, or probably going to hit a home run. So you take the over here and you move on. All right, guys, last up, we have my fourth prop of the night. Before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on YouTube. It lets us know exactly or lets you know exactly when these videos are coming out. 
So subscribe over there. You'll get a notification when they come out. And you can get these props and also leave any questions or comments or any of your favorite props over in the comment section. But let's get to my last prop of the night. It is a two out of three rapid fire in the Angels game. All right, so we have Miley versus Harvey here. Miley, better real-life pitcher, better pitcher all around than Harvey. Harvey's just not been great this season, and he gets a much harder matchup going up against Houston. Miley going up against the Angels, a bit of an easier matchup here. Miley just been the better overall pitcher, better except better strikeout rate, lower walks. Everything is better for Miley here, so only giving up 1.5 points. He's more than likely going to hit that. You take Miley. Next up, Springer versus Trout. Springer's getting way too many points. Springer is a worse hitter than Trout. I will give you that. But Springer has the better matchup, getting 1.5 points against a guy that gives up a lot of bombs. And Trout, if he's back in the line, is going to be coming back from that injury. You take Springer here. Zero question in my mind. Last up, we have Altuve versus Bregman. Bregman, the better hitter, but Altuve's getting a tiebreaker here. So I'm rolling with Altuve. This one was a close one. Wasn't really sure what to do, but the tiebreaker just makes it a lot easier here. You roll with Altuve. All right, guys, thanks for watching. We'll be back again next week giving you some more props. I am Grant Niefer, and I am out of here. Good luck, kids. See ya. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What is going on, Rotor Grinders? Dean here at Steen 704. If you want to get all technical on me, it is 5 o'clock on the dot on the East Coast, 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock Tennessee time, which of course makes it time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. And joining me today for the first time ever, at least when I'm hosting, I could go away for a couple of days, so maybe you stuck on here. It's it's Blender HD. It's Jordan. I don't know which, which one am I calling you there, Jordan. Call me whatever you want, as long as I'm at the top of GPPs above you. It's fine with me. Yeah, well, you were not too long ago. I know you uh, you banked. Uh, some people might not be completely aware of your. You are telling what you do, tell what you play, and uh, do a little humble brag because I know there was a video that uh, RG put out there, basically where you were talking about how you build your player pool and how you banked. Was it a hundred k? Was it six figures? I don't recall what it was. Maybe no, you- no, uh, only two five figure scores. I'm sorry, Dean, for not being uh, being uh, as as high rolling. I, I've done a hundred k in NBA, but uh, right. I mean, I pretty much in MLB I play nearly entirely GPP, primarily on DraftKings. I make anywhere from 60 to 80. Sometimes, depending on the contest, it could be 150 lineups. And uh, I focus a lot on the game theory aspect of the of the game, less on the, the – I always joke around that I never look at baseball stats because I kind of don't. Uh, and I go with, like, if you're going to play these people, I'm going to play these other people. And we know with baseball, with in a, in a span of four at-bats and – six innings pitched anything could happen so i try to take advantage of that yeah i think it's good to have you on because uh, we definitely come at going at two different directions and it's good to get different opinions it's not to say one's right one's wrong but whatever i i appreciate that and it sounds like you're just more into the game theory of it it's like i'm just going to go overweight in this guy underweight in that guy and you just you play the leverage just basically uh that, that's what i'm hearing that's what it sounds like for my right uh, i'm a specialist in vomit stacks you give me a five five people in a lineup that cost less than like 20k and and it's uh, you know, I like going. I like going to Costco for my shopping in DFS. <laughs> there you go. Nice callback to the free show, just for me, you, and D Train. Nobody else knows what we're talking about, but um, yeah, I, I see a couple potential vomit stacks out there. By the way, the Tigers kind of jumping off the page is one of them. I'm going to say uh, bold proclamation: you have a tiger stack. Uh, I, I, I can't go that much deeper into the toilet. I wanted to have a Cardinals vomit stack, but they priced these people up. I've been playing the Cardinals way too oh. much and losing a lot of money on them. And now on the, probably on the day where they actually get over 4K, that's going to be the time where I don't play them and they score eight runs. Uh, well, I mean, they're in Cincinnati, but they're facing Tanner Roark. We'll dig into this as far as breaking down the pitchers, breaking down the hitters with a screen share later on, show a, a peek as far as premium, what's going down. Uh, mentioned that sponsor of the show is Fantasy Draft, and coming soon uh, is Rake Free DFS at Fantasy Draft. Of course, if you guys jump on the site, you see that banner that pops up there. It says, coming soon. I think it says July. We're still in the middle of July. But at some point, I'm not privy to when it's going down. But uh, basically, 100% of the entry fees will be paid out to winners 100% of the time. Uh, so definitely stay tuned as far as uh, more details on that. I believe there was a forum post about that. Uh, not sure uh, you know, if there's more information uh, out there on that just yet. But uh, you know, stay tuned. Break for, uh, how much rate do you pay <laughs> daily? Jordan, uh, or even if we grow back like three, four, five years, I'm not really sure how long you've been playing for, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's tough to beat the rake. No, I I could I could even log in when when I when I check my my roto tracker. Let's log in here. Like it makes me cry. It makes me like I pay more <laughs> in rake than I pay in taxes. So like currently, this is a this is a live live snapshot. Let me go to my let me go to my uh, let's see. Let me go to my roto tracker. Let me go to my lifetime. I'm just going to go to fees paid. Figures, it's definitely six figures, right? Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, 
it, even if I give an effective like rake total of maybe 12%, because I in other sports, I'll play head to heads and, you know, it may only be 9%, some high stakes, even less. So uh, in total effective, if you say average 12%, I've paid over the past almost four years, uh, nearly $200,000 in rake. Oh, man. Uh, 12% is being kind, depending on where you're shopping, by the way, uh, especially these days. But I'm looking forward to fantasy draft. I want to see what they roll out with the with the, the kind of like the monthly subscription. I don't uh, I haven't played much on fantasy draft, but uh, I can't I can't say no. I'm, I'm, I'm a cheap bastard. I, I can't say no to commission free. I play on Yahoo because they have the commission free contest and it gets me to play on there for the big for cheap rent. It sounds like that. that that's was a- right. That's right. Like, look at look at uh, look at the, the view that I have. Right. <laughs> Nondescript buildings that no one knows about. No, it looks lovely. Uh, I'm going to visit. I'm only like two or two and a half hours away, give or take. We'll meet up at the track one of these days. It'll be good times. Are you, are you a fan of the track or not so much? Not, not, not. I mean, I've gone to Churchill Downs like twice. I'm not originally from Louisville. People always ask, you gone to the Derby? Have you gone to this? I don't I, I barely leave the house. So, I mean, I did that in New York. Like, I, I've never gone to, you know, the top of the Empire State Building or the Statue of Liberty. It's the same sure. type of thing. You and me both. Uh, we're never going to meet up because neither one of us leave the house and our houses aren't connected. So, uh, well, so much for that. That's not happening anytime soon. It's a, it's an eight-game slate. You mentioned DraftKings. It's an eight-game slate on DraftKings, and it's really funky what's going on over there because they have that uh, Tampa-New York game, um, which just started, or they're like in the second inning or so or something like that. And it's originally scheduled scheduled to be the second half of a double doubleheader. Of course, yesterday's game was rained out. Uh, today's the first game was delayed. So basically, they're saying that the, the, the lock time might change. That's the only game at 7.05 as far as the East Coast. And, and that's that I'll probably, you know, not, it's not going to start. I don't think it's 7.10 or 7.05. So lock basically across the board, I think it's going to be 7.10 on the East Coast, depending on how that game finishes, is how that lock time for that game might get adjusted. I mean, I, I like fans draft to screw that game out. FanDuel threw that game out. It's on DK. Some people play on DK. So I figured it's worth uh, having a conversation about it. Uh, how are you handling it? Because they may push back the time multiple times. I don't, they, they didn't really make a, it wasn't a lot of clarity to that. Basically it just says uh, based upon the, the first game, uh, the later t- the time uh, might go backwards or back forwards. Like might get eight o'clock in the East coast or eight thirty in the East coast. And I know you build, you know, hundreds of lineups. Uh, I assume this is derailing you to some degree. No, actually I like it more because it would probably be less owned. I mean, at least they're not, at least FanDuel was smart and just took it off the slate. I remember they did one where it's like, if it started at a specific time, then it counted. And if it didn't start at a specific count, then it didn't count. So at least, at least yeah. you know what's going on. Uh, I you, see the problem, the problem with the Yankees is that like the main guy that I need to know is Gary Sanchez. Because mm-hmm. he could easily DH the second game and not catch. And Austin Romine could play. So like, and, and especially in stacks, you want to like fill the catcher spot because then you're stuck with, some horrible catcher from some other team. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that the, the, the lock tie move is going to make uh, like the Yankees and the, and the Braves much less owned than they should be. I mean, it's not the best of matchups for, for either team, but if, I mean, I'm playing 75 lineups tonight. I, I, I could definitely see having, you know, 10 lineups that have, you know, Yankees and Rays in it. And maybe like the other 65, just avoid that situation completely. I do agree that, uh, you know, people are just going to avoid that game for the most part. And uh, maybe it's something to exploit, something to take advantage of as far as ownership. I will say uh, with confidence that I think Mike Zanino is going to play. I know you're excited about that because Darno is catching the first game. So you got Zanino most likely playing. 
How excited! So, are you? so it's my choice tonight is either to take the zero from Zanino, or or I mean I I was looking forward to taking my zero from Jan Gomes, but he's not in the lineup. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> Jan is so terrible. Uh, we're gonna dig in and break down pitchers in just a second. Also wanted to mention uh, the Rotor Grinders draft kit uh, for best ball and seasonal as well. That's still available. Uh, $39.99, and that includes a $25 ticket into the draft best ball championship where there's a million dollars at the top. Uh, we're in the second half of the baseball season, second half of the golf season. Therefore, uh, our, our uh, premium packages are discounted. For a single site, baseball is less than $85. It's $84.99 to get precise. Same deal with golf. It's $89.99. If you want to combo it up uh, for, for golf or for baseball, it's $99.99. Uh, Rotogrunner's avatar, if you guys are rocking the badge, you finish the, uh, with the badge in the, the top 10 in certain designated contests. Our fabulous multitasking producer, D-Train, is going to go ahead and drop that link in chat for you guys. Uh, you win yourself one month of free Rotogrunner's premium. Had somebody sign up yesterday. I want to give them a shout-out. We give the people a shout-out, whoever's rocking the RG badge. This one is M. It's just a bunch of letters and numbers. Uh, it's MGP359. Uh, I guess I can't really say that by 78904. Uh, MGP three five nine five four. So there you go. Uh, are you rocking the RG badge? I'll put you in the spot now, Blender. No, I don't. I I, I, I I don't need free premium. I already pay for it. You know a guy? <laughs> well, you're, you you don't know a guy. They can't take care of you. These no, guys? I'm still paying for it. They haven't taken me off. I'm the new guy here. So I guess I'm on probation. Oh wait, hold, wait a second. Detroit. Somebody's got to be take. Somebody's got to take care of this for you because. All right. Uh, I already paid for the year, so maybe I'll get a – see, I moved to Louisville because I'm cheap. I'm playing, <laughs> you know, I play cheap stacks or whatever. Maybe the, the, maybe I need a phone call to get some, uh, you know, retroactive uh, from this point forward for the yearly cost or whatever. But to me, it doesn't matter because it's worth it anyway. I've been I've been a Roto-Grinder subscriber for four years. What is your favorite thing as far as the RG premium? Right now for MLB, it would be Slate IQ. Yeah, well, that 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 like plays right in your game. Tell the people what that is because I don't talk about it enough because uh, that's not something I use a lot. I know a lot of people like it. It's basically, I think it talks about leverage, correct? That's absolutely right. Uh, essentially, what uh, Slate IQ does, which actually just got updated right now, uh, I would prefer it actually being updated way often than it would. But uh, someone has to talk to a guy who talked to a guy, and Jamino has to whatever. It's a technical thing or whatever. But it goes into results DB. And it finds all the historical slates that are 25 most similar ones that are two, whatever the slate that you're playing. And then uh, for four and five man stacks, it'll show some, uh, some other information also. But the main thing I'm looking at is team stacks and go the success rate as far as a four or five man team, a team stack showing up in the winning lineup and how much of a percentage of a time that it's, it's in the winning lineup. Now it, you don't know what four people or five batters, but at least you know kind of the teams. And then it takes the aggregate ownership that's currently projected for those four or five-man team stack, like the average, and then compares the two. So like right now, we have on Slate IQ, uh, the highest win expectation stack is Minnesota, 8.2%. Uh, they're also the, the most owned stack at 10%. Yeah. So like the difference between the two, yeah, it's actually negative leverage. So if, if these numbers are completely accurate, it's actually uh, negative EV to play a twin stack because you'll, you'll, you're not going to win as much as the, the field has them. And uh, the highest leverage stack right now is Cincinnati, who, uh. who is uh, second in win expectation at 6.4%, but will only be owned at 4.8% by the field. 
So like I look at this type of stuff now, I don't take it as gospel, but I kind of look and go, Oh, this, this is interesting. You know, what, what teams are going to be over-owned, what teams are going to be under-owned. And a lot of it has to do truthfully with price. So as the cheaper batters get into the lineup, it's, they don't have to perform as much, but like expensive stacks, like we see for like the Red Sox, a lot of times they don't get high win expectations because just the stack price is like 24 K combined for a five man. That was uh, pretty well explained there. And I don't the chat saying I'm BSing. I don't know what I'm BSing about. What, what I said, I don't really use, I, you'd think I would say I use it, but I, I there's a lot of stuff I use at RG and like, I don't make 150 lineups. So I don't really dig in the leverage too much. I, and a lot of it, I can kind of ballpark in my head. So, uh, I don't know. Was I lying about something? I don't think so. I'm pretty authentic. No, we're learning here. I mean, if, if people, <laughs> I'm just basically explained how I play and and I, and I win GPPs. So, so if 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 you want to get the pitching, it's perfectly fine with me. Uh, Trevor Bauer at the top against Detroit. Detroit obviously is putrid. They're terrible at hitting baseballs. When they hit baseballs, they don't hit them well, especially against righties. Uh, the tricky part with Bauer is like he's been kind of sort of up and down. I suppose the K's are good. They're not elite. We'll talk about Boyd in a second. He's jumping off the page at 32%. Uh, you know, more than 31% Ks this year. Strasburg's higher. Uh, Green, we're not going to count because he's only going to pitch in a small sample there for the Yankees in game two. Um, so Bauer is the most expensive guy. I've not taken a peek as far as ownership, but I'd imagine he's going to be fairly popular as well, too, because, you know, we saw Clevenger yesterday. We just, there's no secret that, like, the Tigers strike out a ton. Uh, how much are you prioritizing? I guess it's kind of like a chunk. It's Bauer, it's Strasburg, it's Morton, it's Boyd, it's Syndergaard, it's Bumgarner. There's a lot of good pitchers. Uh, and again, I guess I suppose leverage. Uh, I don't know. Are you going to be above the above the field, below the field, with the field? What's your take as far as Bauer today? Well, right now, the ownership projections on DK have him at 30%. And I think that's still a little low. I expect it to be more of the 35 to 36% range. I think I'll be even with the field. The main issue that I have with playing Bauer is not him as the pitcher it's like what my lineup construction is going to be because in gpps for the big field ones like i I, if i want to play bauer and then like gibson or davis or something a cheapo like whatever stack i play is going to be duplicated a lot i mean like that's going to be a very popular lineup construction so like when i play bauer in my 75 lineups i'm going to try to fit him in with more off the board stacks and then the more chalky stacks like we'll see with like the astros like I'd, I'll play, I'll play a Strasburg at twice as less owned, or even like Charlie Morton against the Yankees, especially with that game. Who knows if anyone's going to play that game uh, and do something like that, or play like two mid-level pitchers like Bum, uh, like Bumgarner and Boyd together. And basically, like I, I think Bauer is the best point-per-dollar play. He has the highest ceiling. He can pitch. They'll let him pitch 160 pitches if needed. Uh, <laughs> so there's no question about that. The Tigers lineup sucks. So like it's just a matter of. Uh, if he does well, I just don't want the rest of my lineup to be chalked. Yeah, basically nobody has a longer leash. Uh, one of the longest leashes in baseball. I would say Bumgarner is probably the conversation, too, as far as guys that go deep in the games. If things are going well, Bauer has got, always got a shot like a CGSO. Uh, this Detroit team collectively, as far as striking out first righties this year, it's not a huge number. Like I thought it would be higher. I guess it's a, one of their more contact-heavy lineups, I suppose. 23.8%, but you know, Goodrum's in there at 30%. You know, Beckham at 26%. And what's interesting here, I kind of spouted off, you know, some of the K rates on the season. And, you know, Bauer's got like the third or fourth or fifth best K rate on the season as far as the slate. But if you fire up the uh, the old uh, lineup HQ, the, the totals, the over-under as far as projected Ks today, uh, the K prop, uh, eight and a half for Bauer and nobody else is higher than six and a half. So he's got a 2K 
uh, lead on everybody else, which is kind of interesting. Uh, talk about the pivots. You mentioned Morton, and nobody wants to pick on those Yankees, obviously. We don't know what that lineup's going to look like, look like in game two. Maybe he gets Gary Sanchez. Maybe he doesn't. We don't know. Uh, but Morton's been awesome. It like, almost doesn't matter who he's been facing. He's been awesome of late. He's a guy that's not going to go particularly deep. Speaking of leashes, uh, he probably doesn't go beyond six. He probably doesn't throw 100 pitches or beyond 100 pitches, but he's been, you know, he's been really, really good when given the chance. Uh, is he one of your pivots as far as tournaments? Yeah, if he's going to come in at sub 10% own on an eight-game slate, I have no reason not to play some of him. I mean, it's not like I'm going to be all in or anything, but same for like a Matt Boyd. Like uh, Matt Boyd currently is projected around 20%. I mean, I just – I really think the Bauer ownership is going to be much higher and these other 10K level-ish type of guys are going to be lower than expected. But, like, I could see, like, if Strasburg is going to be 15, I could see being even with the field with them. I could see playing uh, Boyd at 20%. I could see playing – the problem is, is that there there are multiple aces on this slate. I, I think one of them is going gonna, is gonna to do a 35-pluser and it's not going to be the type of slate where you're playing two cheap pitchers, then paying up for bats and winning a GPP that way. Because uh, there's not one – if Bauer was the only pay-up option, I'd be more inclined to go under. But with, yeah. with, all, with all the good pitching here, like Boyd probably gets less ownership because people are going to be scared of picking on the, uh, on the Indians. And, uh, and I, I just don't see – I don't see a Gibson-Davis starting pitcher combination when we have five aces on the slate, putting up enough points to – they even combined to one of them. It feels like a bigger opportunity cost to pitchers today than it has been the last few days. So the last few days, it's like, where are all the good pitchers? Well, they're all pitching today. Some pitched earlier, uh, the rest are pitching tonight. And uh, it, that's what you're saying, basically. The opportunity cost to pitchers is pretty big. Like, sure, you might take one of those cheapos and take your 10 or 12 points and make it the difference in bats. And, you know, because that's not that hard to do. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be, uh, you, you have to have the bats go off, obviously, where you delegate the funds that way. You mentioned Boyd. Uh, he's been so 2019 of late. I'm not sure if you just got to check out the game log. I know it's kind of a lazy thing to do, but you know, three straight games now with double digit K's 10, 13 and 11. Uh, if you go back to his last four games, uh, he's given up eight homers in his last four games. So he's just like here, uh, I'm either going to strike you out uh, or you're going to bang one out. Uh, and this Cleveland team, of course, doesn't strike out a ton. We're looking at what 18.7% the season collectively striking out for his lefties. A lot of green in the plate IQ as far as K's. You know, Lindor at 12.5%. Uh, Santana doesn't K much either at 14.1%. Ramirez at 6.5%. By the way, I just kind of noticed Ramirez, I was digging in as far as his homer in the fly ball rate versus lefties this year. I think it was 3.8%. Uh, you know, that should correct itself in theory. That's one of the reasons maybe why he's uh, been a little bit disappointing. So, like, Boyd's got a K prop of 6.5, and, and he's been striking out the world his last three, t- three times out, of course, you know, that was against the White Sox and, you know, Texas, KC. This is against a contact-heavy Cleveland team. Boyd, this feels like an action game. Like, it feels like you want to get pieces. You either want Boyd or you want some Indians or maybe even both in the same lineup. Well, I mean, maybe not. Probably not the same lineup. But I will have some Indians bats as one-offs in my pool. Opposite, not, not playing with Boyd, but in lineups that don't have Boyd. But, I mean, he, I mean, if you think of some of the – you mentioned the three hitters – that don't strike out much, but you don't mention like Jordan Luplo, who strikes out half the time. You got the bottom of the line. I mean, Boyd against lefties is elite. So like, I'm not that scared of Jason Kipnis and Jacob Bowers is, is four strikeouts. Tyler Naquin is four strikeouts. I mean, Boyd, Boyd can easily get 12 strikeouts, pitch six innings and still give up four runs on, on two home runs. Mm-hmm. And both sides would be fine. You could get 28 points out of Boyd 
and still get a good score out of a Ramirez or a Lindor or one of those types of guys. So I'm, I'm not opposed to playing. I wouldn't play the stack, but I'm not opposed to playing Indians bats and Boyd in my player pool, but still from an upside perspective, I'm not playing them together. In between is Strasburg. What's your thoughts on uh, Strasburg? It is good. It's expected to be hot in Atlanta for what it's worth. I know the, there's the perspiration narratives out there for uh, Swetsburg. Uh, what's your take as far as Steven? Uh, I'm, I'm doing the same thing with Strasburg. I'm doing with Boyd uh, Strasburg. I mean, the Braves are a good hitting team. They're going to go under owned. We're taking a look at these ownership percentages. They're sub 10%. Now the, the, the Braves are, the, the stack is very expensive. So it, it, I don't like it that much, but I mean, he could easily have problems with, with guys like Freeman Donaldson's been hitting well. So like Strasburg's a type of pitcher, same thing. He could strike out 11 and give up two home runs in Atlanta, in hot Atlanta, and both sides would give you enough points that it's worth rostering. Uh, is back for whatever for what it's worth. He's batting eighth today. He doesn't strike out a ton either. Last two seasons, we're talking about eighteen point five percent collectively as far as the K rate. Uh, you know this Atlanta team does not strike out a ton. Freeman at seventeen point five. Marquez is a pest at eleven point one. The only guys that kind of pop as far as you know vulnerable to strikeouts is the aforementioned Donaldson and Acuna. Of course, those guys can also bang out homers. Uh, Thor, Syndergaard, he's been, you know, who's your team? You said you're from New York. Are you a Mets fan? Do you have any loyalties anywhere? I have loyalties to my fantasy teams. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Is there a team you used to like that you don't like anymore? Uh, Both both the Mets. I was typically Giants, Rangers, Knicks. But for the baseball, like, I I, I was a big baseball fan when I was younger. So, like, I I rooted for the good Mets teams and the bad Yankees teams and then the opposite in the 90s. So – Garden is like the name is better than the stats. Like his K rate in the season is 23.4%, which is fine, but only a little bit above league average, right? It's worse than, it's worse than Kyle Gibson. It's worse than Madison Bumgarner. Who's like not the same guy he used to be. Uh, of course, now he gets a great ballpark shift jumping into uh, you know, San Francisco. Well, I guess they're both two of the best ballparks. He pitches in New York as well. So he field is positive for pitching against a, you know, a punchless lineup there in San Fran. I know they had a couple of big games here and there. And what some of that was in, in, uh, in cores, but I'm still not believing those Giants are good hitters. Uh, what's your take as far as Syndergaard today? Uh, currently, he's on DraftKings projected to be 24% owned, and if that's true, I'll have zero of them. Because? Uh, if you take a, I'd ra- much rather play Bumgarner against the Mets than Syndergaard against the Giants. I'm not saying that Syndergaard's a bad play. I just think that his upside is much more limited. Bumgarner, uh, the, the main threats in the Mets lineup are lefties, outside of, obviously, Pete Alonso. So I think there's much more strikeout potential with Bumgarner than Syndergaard. I mean, this Giants lineup, they're going to roll out. I mean, there may only be two righties in the lineup. So, like, I know it's it's in San Francisco, and I know the Giants aren't that great. But, I mean, they have power. They have some speed. And uh, I, I, I could see Syndergaard giving up, you know, it's a, a more of a Babbitt type of game. And not really getting the strikeouts, not having the platoon advantage over seven ninths of the lineup. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on Syndergaard. I don't really know what to do with him personally. Uh, I don't think if I'm he was owned less, like if you tell me he's ten percent, I'm interested. But if he's going to be ordered, if he's going to be in a big field GPP owned by a quarter of the field, I'll just have zero. I mean, I think people are going to gravitate towards the you know the ballpark, obviously there in San Fran. Um, you, you think he's going to be twenty five percent owned, give or take? Well, if we go by our own ownership projections, he is. I mean, I, I see him being 18-ish. I mean, I don't, I don't see him getting lower than that. 
but I'd still much rather play if, if both are the same owned. I'd much rather play Bumgarner over Syndergaard. Bumgarner is basically the same price. Uh, is that an ownership play? Is that a leverage play? Or you just think Bumgarner outscores him? I just think Bumgarner outscores him, regardless if they're if they're the same. Now, if Bumgarner was forty percent owned, and Syndergaard was ten percent owned, we'd be talking the other way. But it doesn't look like this is the case, and I don't see many lineups that are going to be Bauer Bumgarner because I don't know what the hell that you're playing Chris Davis eight times and hoping for the best. I don't know what you're doing if you're building that type of construction. But uh, so, like, I'm not scared of, like, if I'm playing Bumgarner, I'm playing him instead of uh, Bauer. I'm playing him, like, maybe I could fit in him and Boyd lineup type of thing together. But uh, it would be mostly the lineups where I'm not playing Bauer and I'm playing more of a chalky stack and then, you know, fading Syndergaard completely and hoping Syndergaard only gets, like, 14 points. So we talked about the opportunity cost at the top as far as pitchers. It's pretty solid. Like some really good names you kind of run down, especially for what a seven or eight game slate, depending on where you're shopping, Bauer, Strasburg, Morton, Boyd, Syndergaard, uh, Mad Bum. The mid-tier is meh. Uh, and I think the most popular meh play is going to be Tanner Roark uh, against St. Louis, who actually is rolling out. I think four lefties for what it's worth. Roark, uh, pretty dramatic splits uh, on the season. 18% Ks against lefties. That's not very appealing, but you know, twenty six point seven percent against uh, against righties. His ISO against righties is less than hundred. His Wobo against righties is two fifty seven. Uh, of course, his St. Louis team has been uh, terrible versus righties all season long. Uh, they do get a ballpark jump for what it's worth. Um, are you seeing like as far as like forget ownership, all that kind of stuff? But the best play amongst Miley Roark, right? You replaced uh, Tehran uh, Fires in Minnesota. Gibson against Oakland. I think the best play there by default is Roark. I think the best play is I think the best play is to just play Zach Davis at fifty three hundred. <laughs> just ignore the mid tier, right? Well, I, that's the problem I see in the mid tier is that I don't see any of these pitchers having enough upside at their price to get to, to get twenty five points. And like I just to me that range is just all about avoiding landmines. So I'm not thrilled about playing any of them. And their score, if they get fourteen fifteen points, I think I could get that out of Zach Davis. Uh, more so for 2k cheaper that I'm not going to, I'm not going to play any of these. I mean, if anything, probably Gibson with Chapman out of the lineup for, for the A's. So that kind of downgrades them a little. Yeah. And I'm never thrilled about playing Kyle Gibson. So like uh, if I had to choose, I mean, I think I still would think Gibson's a better play than Rourke, but like ownership wise, it depends on the, on the flippy flip of that. Like whoever's lower owned, I'll play, but uh, I, I'm, I, I really don't like this mid range. Yeah, Gibson, you know, pretty I mean, decent K right there, 23.7% as far as that Oakland lineup. Chapman, uh, he hit himself in the leg a couple times, uh, 21.3, so he's not in the lineup. You know, they have uh, Pender's in there, Profar's in there, Lorraine's batting fifth. It's not the best Oakland lineup, obviously. Thankfully, batting ninth as well, collectively 21.3% as far as striking out. Um, yeah, I mean, nobody ever wakes up in the morning and, like, is excited about rostering, you know, the prospects of having Kyle Gibson, but I think he could be perfectly fine. He could be okay. Uh, yeah, I think Gibson versus Roark's interesting conversation, but Davies uh, in Arizona, Davies isn't very good either. We like strikeouts, and he doesn't do that very well, but you just think it's just like you grab your 12 points or 15 points, and, you know, that's enough, right? Uh, if, we, if we take a look at Slate IQ, if you took a look at it every day, it's going to show you the same exact thing. The highest leverage and win expectation starting pitcher combination is stud and scrub. And that's primarily because the reason that I said before that the mid-range pitchers don't have that much upside. 
And uh, the low-range pitchers, yeah, they have a humongous downside. I mean, we saw that with Chavez. Uh, you know, like, if you're going to come – these are these are plays to make if you want to play a big field GPP and come in first. And all you have to do is tell me that the guy is 5K range and he has the ability to pitch seven innings. So it's not like this is like a reliever or PLR or anything. Like, he's 5,300. If he gives me seven innings and three strikeouts and only gives up one run – like he pays off 5300 no problem and I'll play all the bats I want. Yeah, I mean that's the, the tricky part is like and I I agree I agree with that assessment and that does make sense but like it's like we're trying to make scrubs happen today. Like it's, the scrub pool is disastrous. Uh, it happened with Sparkman. Anything could happen. We're, we're going mean, to we're going to be citing Sparkman like that how we talking about Sparkman for the next 20 years. Well, it's Sparkman versus the White Sox, so there is a ceiling. Like that'll that's always gonna be the point people are gonna be pointing to, right? Like, well, but there there you go. It's it's possible. So you're telling me there's a chance. Well, uh, that's what you have to do to win GPPs. I know. <laughs> but like obviously, yeah, one game sample that can happen, but that's that's not gonna be there. Right. Zach Davis is a horrible pitcher. I, I I think in a vacuum it's an awful play. But I mean it if you're playing Bauer, I mean, how do you play Bauer and Bumgarn? How do you I mean the, what what stacks are you making with that that have a high enough win expectation? So it's just a matter of going in the dumpster and going, do I like, this is what I'm comparing Zach Davis to. Is he better than Matt Harvey? And I go, yes. So roster. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're not playing. Matt Harvey's back uh, in our lives. Can, you know, he, he had a couple of minor league starts and I don't know if he's going to pitch terribly long, but you know, I think he threw 70 pitches or so, something like that. His last minor league start. Uh, Green is a good pitcher, but he's not going to pitch deep. Unfortunately, I can't imagine him pitching be like beyond three innings or so which like uh you know maybe his three innings could be good and put up like 12 points but uh you know obviously there's no ceiling there uh summarize the pitcher we're going to talk bats but g- give me a summary how how are you attacking pitchers it sounds like you're going to be overweight on Davies and you're going to pair him with some studs that's absolutely what I'm going to do I'm probably going to avoid I'm probably going to avoid Kyle Gibson completely and play more A's bats so like the way that I mean the, the way that I say that I'm doing this is what I have in lineup HQ after the show I'll be generating 75 lineups so like I, I'm pretty much playing all pretty much all the studs except for Syndergaard, uh, Zach Davis on the bottom. I may end up with like forty percent of them, but you never know what's going to happen. And then just rotate everyone else around. I mean, I, I could see playing a little Tanner Rourke only because I don't I don't really think I'm playing that many Cardinal bats. But uh, to me, that's to me that's the move tonight. At least for at least for me. All right, hold your nose. What are you doing to catch her tonight? Oh, that Jan Gomez isn't in, so at least I could. I could, I, I don't have to roster him for no points. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go along with with uh, with with Stevie on the morning grind. Uh, the running joke uh, that this morning was uh, Roberto Perez. And if we think that Matt Boyd is gonna give up home runs despite having a good game, I want the righty power bats. And and Roberto Perez apparently is a power hitter now. And if he fills a catcher spot, like I wouldn't play him in catch. I think uh, you know the catch plays are gonna be more like like Robinson Chirinos. He's cheaper. Uh, but you know, typically for catchers, I'm playing whoever, whoever's in the stack that I'm taking. That's the catcher that I'm playing. Yeah. I mean, obviously fans draft, you don't have the roster or catcher Fandle, You don't have the roster or catcher, but DK forces it on you. Well, what do you do with a guy like uh, Mitch Garvey? Because you like to embrace anomalies and like, you know, almost like some, I know some guys that play tournaments like the, they, they love when a guy's overpriced and Mitch Garvey's an overpriced for a while. And of course, fires fly ball pitcher. Uh, and especially outside of Oakland, he's been super lucky. We got to dig into his numbers. He's due for some of uh, the, re- the old re- regression monster. And I, I can see him giving a couple homers, but the Garver price is pretty ridiculous. If you only have like one or two big spins, it's probably not going to be Garver, but do you embrace that terrible price? 
Well, I would include him. Those typically the times that a guy is egregiously overpriced and in a scarce position, especially like catcher or shortstop, I just limit his exposure to just stacks and then make sure that he's not a one-off anywhere else. Because like if Minnesota goes off for 14 runs, like Garvin's probably going to have a good piece of it batting second and catcher. You're trying to just get any points you can. So I'm more likely to play him there. But as, as a one-off, yeah, I'm not playing $5,200 Mitch Garvin. I'm looking for somebody cheap as a catcher on DK. And I was like, well, I guess there's, uh, yeah, there's really no, I, I, like Chir- I think Chirinos or if, if even if Stasi starts, that's even cheaper, 2,400. I mean, any batter against Matt Harvey yeah. seems like a, seems like a good play to me. Yeah. If Chirinos draws a start, we know that Houston lineup just yet. Maybe we're waiting on um, uh, Alvarez because I know he's, I think he's dealing with something, right? I know he didn't play the other day. Uh, love to see him crack it, by the way. Alvarez seems like a great play against Harvey. if He's good to go. Uh, otherwise, yeah, there isn't. I mean, I'm not, Bobby Wilson's 2.1K on DK against against Bauer, but he's just dreadful. Um, Zanino is really cheap, actually, which might be the worst idea in the world. But again, uh, a catcher that's just you know you want to get in and get out as cheap as possible sometimes. But Torino seems to make a good bit of sense, or Max Stassi, like you mentioned. Uh, let's uh, jump to first, where there's actually some good plays. Who's popping out for you? I think that the, the cash play on it would be Votto under 4K. Fading, facing Dakota Hudson in Cincinnati. I mean, Votto's never a sexy play, but uh, I mean, I don't even like him as a one, like in cash, I could see playing Votto as a one-off, but like I'm going to restrict Votto is like only in stacks. I'm more inclined to uh, to play to play someone like, uh, like Ryan Zimmerman at 3,400. I know it doesn't have the platoon advantage over Kyle Wright, but I think it'll be be much less owned. I, I, I'm looking more at first base for, either power one-offs or guys that fit into my stacks. And if I could, I, I mean, the, the guy that I would want to pay up for from a GPP perspective is Freddie Freeman yeah, because he's going to be under-owned uh, facing Strasburg. And, uh, I, and I'm not going to sit here and quote BVP data because, because uh, I know better. It, I think he does have good BVP. Uh, you probably know, right? I'm pretty sure. He well, does. I know because people, yeah, because people say, oh, he has good BVP. And I go and I, I start sounding like Cardi every so uh, sample size alert, sample size alert. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want, I don't if anyone's like, oh, you sound like Cardi. That means I'm not doing a good job. Well, what do you mean? What are you trying to say about Cardi? No, no, just that, that like in, when you embrace variance in GPP, like I don't care about sample size because all I care about is the four at bats tonight. So you could tell me that like his batted ball profile, it's like it's four at bats, anything could happen. But BVP stuff is like that, like that's the, like Josh Reddick is two for four against Matt Harvey. What does that say? Nothing. Knock him in. It's been a bad 500 tonight. Ah, okay. But it's not, but I don't like Freeman because of BVP. I like Freeman because he's a lefty against Strasburg and he's going to be less owned at a first base position against an ace that people aren't going to want to attack. I just pulled it up as you were talking, by the way, out of curiosity, 18 hits and 53 at-bats, six Dublays, four dongs, uh, 17 strikeouts, seven walks, an OPS uh, over 1,000, a Woba at 449, an ISO 340 for what it's worth. But, yeah, I mean, you know, well, also Freeman's just like a good hitter. Like, you know. Yeah, just play good hitters. It's very easy in MLB. Just, you know, don't, 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 play, don't, don't play Chris Davis, even though I will, even though he's not a good hitter. Uh, is he broken? I think something's wrong with his hand. Uh, he, he, I saw he had a barrel the other day, which was nice. That was promising. But they keep pricing Chris Davis so cheap, and then he's tempting against Gibson, who you know, uh, doesn't have a big split, obviously. I, I'm probably going to have some Chris Davis tonight as well, too, and not going to feel good about it. 
Uh, speaking of guys that might be broken, Goldschmidt's still kind of priced down. Of course, you want lefties as opposed to righties against Roark, but that's kind of baked into the price. I'm okay with him. Uh, you mentioned Zimmerman. I guess uh, what Matt Adams does not draw the start there. Uh, Olsen versus Gibson, I guess, is fine, but I prefer righties uh, in Minnesota as opposed to lefties. I like Crone against Fires. That feels like a homer waiting to happen. That's a homer on layaway for me. I, I like Crone a good bit. You know, Minnesota, imagine me, Team Chalk. I like Minnesota versus Fires, but I feel like Fires is good for a couple homers. And the Polar Bear, he doesn't care where he's hitting. Uh, Alonzo against Mad Bum, you know, uh, for certain, he's certainly going to be in your tournament mix as well. You got anything else for me for uh, first base, or shall we talk about the old Keystone position, second base? I think the last the last person that I will have in my player pool uh, because I'm fading Cindergard uh, would be Pablo Sandoval or and Brandon Belt, one of those two, because that would be the leverage play, and they're going to be like two percent owned. We got a polar bear and a panda in the same game, by the way. Just uh, throwing it out there for I don't know if that's a narrative. That's nothing. That's completely meaningless. Uh, Keystone position, second base. What do you have for me? I mean, obviously the truck's Altuve. I mean, how, how can it not be? He's still <laughs> underpriced at 4,200. Uh, I think the, the, the tournament play uh, at both second and third base is going to be Moustakis. Like, to me, like, against Merrill Kelly, uh, he'll have the platoon advantage. I know the roof's closed in Arizona, but uh, what do I care? Would they close it tonight? Is it like 120 out there or something? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a million degrees out there. <laughs> uh, but, but it's not, I don't, I don't get, like, they finally splurge for some AC in Arizona. They're the worst. But it's the these Brewers lefties. They'll hit the ball 440 feet. What do I care if the roof's open, closed, wind? I don't care. Merrill Kelly has like a 15% strikeout rate to lefties. So you don't have to worry that much about Moustakas striking out. And I think if he comes in at sub 10% ownership because Altuve is, is 30% and Bregman is 25% and even Rendon will get third base ownership. Like, because Moustakas is both second and third eligible. Yeah. I mean, I... I could easily be three times the field on him just because other people are going to be more popular. The combination of the humidor and the roof being closed there, but it's still a nine and a half total, obviously in Arizona. And like you said, Moustakis, instead of hitting the ball 440 feet, he'll hit 430 feet. That's still fine. That'll still uh, get over the fence. I like him a good bit too, but I, I agree. I think Altuve is you, the guy you want to get to. His price is kind of crept up, but it's still not where it should be. Uh, I know we like him against lefties, but Matt Harvey's he'll give it up to anybody. He doesn't care does not discriminate lefties, righties, what have you. Uh, and, you know, obviously on the road, a decent shot at those five ABs, assuming things go fairly well for Houston. Uh, anything else that's worth a head nod, that's worth a mention as far as second base? Uh, trying to see if there's somebody we may have missed. Scooter Gannett's kind of cheap against Hudson. He's been vulnerable to lefties, but, like, Scooter's been, like, whatever. He's if he's, he's going to be 17% owned, I'll have zero. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a pretty big. Uh, pretty I big mean, that's if in a stack. Like I'll play uh, Scooter Jeanette like as part of a stack, but I'm not playing a one-off Jeanette. I mean, I'd rather play Dozier against Wright in Atlanta. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'll. There's there's so many other players. I mean, I'd I'd love to be able to play Glaber Torres at 3900 against, but we don't even know this Yankees lineup because no one's going to play these people. He's not playing the first game for what it's worth. Okay. But, I mean, uh, someone in the chat's like Keston Hero. I'm not paying 5K for him. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I like him. But, uh, but like, that, that, that that's kind of the reason why you play him, right, in the, for tournaments. Or at least get a, you know, a share or two of. Uh, maybe? No? Possibly? Or at, at some point, you got to draw the line and just say no. Right. Uh, hot corner, third base, what do you have for me? Uh, I mean, I, the chalk is Bregman. I mean, I mean, who else would it be? It's going to be Bregman. It's going to be, uh, what, Rendon? Uh, Marwin Gonzalez is third base eligible. I think that may be like more of the, like a cashy cash play, or I would put Marwin in stack in Minnesota stacks. Maybe not necessarily as a one-off. I think the the one that may go slightly overlooked is going to be uh, you 
I can't never pronounce his first name because it's not Eugenio. It's Eugenio. Yeah, Suarez. Uh, uh, Hudson, I mean, is is a, is a kind of a ground ball pitcher, but Suarez is a fly ball hitter, and they're playing at hot uh, Cincinnati. So, uh, I mean, I have no problem with Suarez as as a one-off and definitely part of a uh, red stack. But outside of that, once you start getting down, like, like I'm not playing Tommy Edmond at third when you need, like, a power. Like, I'll play him at second, but not at third. Uh, I mean, the I mean, who else is there? I mean, Jose Ramirez, man, is uh, the, the homer. The fly ball rate's gonna it's gonna correct itself at some point. I mean, Boyd's uh, you know, despite when he's not when he's not striking out, he's gonna have some homers, uh, and he's cheap. So I think Ramirez is in the conversation for me. And again, I don't think it's the worst idea. I'm not like attacking it, but if I happen to land on Boyd and Ramirez in the same lineup, I'm okay with that. I don't care. No, no, I don't. I don't. I, like I said, I don't mind any of the Indians itself. Righties as one offs, but like I'm not going out of my like Ramirez. You, I mean, Ramirez has been 4K. Like against Boyd, I would think they price him down tonight like 3,600, but he wasn't because Lindor's priced down from like 5K to 4,400. Yeah. And that's much more appealing than Ramirez who's just sitting there at the same price. Yeah. And I guess that's a good segue to Lind- uh, Lindor, which is he's 4.4K and DK is 8.3K and fantasy draft uh, leading off there against Matt Boyd. And uh, is it Lindor versus Turner as far as the shortstops at the top? Is that kind of the conversation? Uh, I, I'm, I, I never play Turner as a one-off. Like I, I, I played Trey Turner less than mostly anyone. And I know he has a high ceiling because of his stolen base ability, but like, I'm more interested in Turner and in Nat's stacks than as a one-off at 5k. I'm much more likely, like, especially with this Yankee game, who knows, pushback, whatever. Uh, you typically want to attack Morton with lefties, uh, as far as power is concerned. And Gregorius is sitting there at 3,600 with this Yankees lineup, not knowing what it's going to be. It's possible he's not even in. So, I mean, it could end up with being an auto zero anyway. But I'm, I have no problem taking some shots on, on Gregorius uh, if he's going to be like 5% owned. And then like Oakland stacks, like Semyon's overpriced at 4,500. But you could always throw him in there. And then, it, then DeJong, if he was batting second, I would have liked him a little bit more at 4,100. But now that he's batting seventh, I know he's on the road, so he's guaranteed ninth inning at bats. Uh, like, I'll include him in stacks, but as, as a one-off, not, not really. You're a tournament guy. You're not supposed to care about where guys are batting the lineup. Well, that's why I said in a stack. In a stack, he's fine, but as a one-off, not so much. Yeah, I mean, instead of the first inning, he'll bang out a homer in the second inning or something like that. But then he might lose in a bat, like you said. Like, uh, much less likely he gets uh, his fifth at bat. It's possible that things have to go really well for St. Louis. But if he was at the top, obviously he had much uh, – better chance of grabbing that fifth ab which is precious i i i feel like i'm more obsessed with the bats than other people but like the difference between five at bats and four at bats is huge we talk about usage in basketball that's a 20 percent usage increase 20 or 25 right that's that's why typically i tend in in stacks even to like the home team the home team in a stack seven eight nine but but <laughs> that exact reason because also figure that if the stack goes off they're going to be leading into the ninth inning. So those batters are probably not going to get there. What could be a sixth at bat. So like in a road team, I don't mind that. That's what I mean by in order to win a GPP, your stack needs to go off off. And if I'm limiting my upside by having seven, eight, nine in that scenario. feels like the road team also is more likely to face like, you know, the catcher throwing baseball. So the game gets out of hand. I don't know. I'm just making that up, but just in my head, that makes sense to me. Well, Fedorowicz, didn't he pitch yesterday? He gave up a bomb to Carson Kelly. I love when that happens, when catcher I have the stack. <laughs> of course you rostered Carson Kelly. Like, why wouldn't you? Uh, jump to shortstop. Well, anything else that's worth saying as far as shortstop? You talk about Gregorius. Uh, if he cracks that lineup, he is fairly cheap. Lindor seems a bit of a discount there against Boyd. 
Uh, I don't really want to pick on Boyd, but if you're going to give me a discount on Lindor, I think Lindor is an awesome player. Uh, Turner as well. Semyon, you said a little bit overpriced. I'm okay with him, but, you know, decent shot at grabbing those five ABs as well. If Oakland uh, just, you know, puts up three or four runs, gets, what, a combination of nine, uh, what, hits, walks, errors, things of that sort. Uh, anybody else that's worth highlighting? Yeah, we talk about Bregman, too. You can play him at third or shortstop Bregman, obviously. Anybody against Matt Harvey. That team total is just at 5.4 for what it's worth. That seems a little bit low. We don't want lineup just yet, but I don't know. Is it? No, there was re- there was actually reverse line movement against the Astros. So Why? take take. Who knows? Who knows? It is. I, I just look at it. I see that it made me people that uh, bet a lot on sports and they're sharp. Apparently that that I don't know. Is that's what you go to sharp side? Maybe they'll explain it to you. All right. Well, I, I okay. I mean, I, I, Matt Harvey is not somebody. I don't think he like figured everything out down in the minors. I think he just kind of is what he is at this point. But maybe the dark night will rise tonight. Uh, all right, outfield. It's always a, always a plethora of options. Minnesota is probably one of the first places to look here. We don't know if we're getting Trout back. Of course, if Trout comes back, that back, that can change things. Yellich, another bomber there against Merrill Kelly. Uh, how will you handle the outfield situation tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to get all my money back with Chris Davis tonight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, but I say that every night. So, like, uh, it's it's the sunk cost fallacy of I put so much money the past month. You're pot committed. Right, I'm right. I'm I'm pot committed. I, it doesn't matter that my bankroll is bleeding. Just I I I can't handle the mental anguish of going. I'm not playing Chris Davis tonight, and then he double dongs. So I just got to play him at 35. I he'll get down to 2K. It'll be three years from now. He hasn't. I'm still playing him because I'm waiting for the day, waiting for the day. But outside of that, uh, uh, the Minnesota outfields are, are probably going to be chalk. Cruz and Kepler. Are they, you're, you're looking at ownership projections. I'm not looking at it right now, but I, I imagine those are two of the bigger uh, numbers on the board, Kepler and Cruz. Yeah, probably Kepler, Cruz, and like Brantley against uh, Harvey or Reddick if he's in the lineup. Uh, and then pay-up spots uh, would be like Juan Soto. If you could get up to Yelich, I, I, think, I think he's going to go under-owned for his price given the context of the slate. So I, I think that's great in GPPs. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of playing Marwin in the outfield. Now, I could see doing that, like, maybe in a cash lineup if you need the salary, if you're, like, playing Bregman, Lindor, and then Marwin in the outfield. It's just that the opportunity cost in outfield for GPPs is so high. Like, it's very hard to win one with, like, a three-point outfielder because there'll be some out, like, Jake Cable hit a home run, and, like, you might as well, you should have had him or one of these Oakland guys or who knows in the outfield. So I'm not a big fan of, uh, like, if, if he doesn't hit a home run, if he doesn't get over 10 points – like, he's no good as a one-off. So, like, if I'm going to play him, it'll be more in stacks. But it looks like Minnesota is the – is the Minnesota and Houston are going to be the chalky stacks and chalky outfielders on the night. And can I make the same argument at third base as far as uh, there being opportunity costs, as far as that's, that's the only place you can throw Marwin uh, on DK? Of course, on fantasy draft, it's just you know, infielders. And but but there, there's only so many third basemen. Like, you get to roster three outfielders. Some weird outfielder, Jake Cave, some I can scroll over. Tim LaCastro has a career game. Oh and he's And he's, yeah, he's 0.9% done, but he's in the winning lineup. So, like, that's what I mean by, like, the opportunity cost. Uh, that's why when I stacked, like, I don't mind throwing in a garbage shortstop or a garbage catcher, but I, I'm not a big fan of playing, you know, the guys like Ryan Cordell in the outfield, 29, like Ender Ciarte, like, uh, like playing him or something, maybe in a brave stack, but like, I, they don't have the upside that I need for like to win an 18,000 person GPP. 
Lacaster is actually leading off. Like I, I thought they pulled Dyson yesterday as like a precautionary reason because the score is like 17 to two. No, no, he slid into second base and he was kind of rattled and then he still played and then he came out. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I figured that's, you know, it was just like, whatever the game's over, just take him out. Then there's no point in pushing it, but I guess he's legit banged up to some degree. So you mentioned like Castro and I'm like, like Castro, like, Oh, I didn't realize I just refreshed and saw the Arizona lineup and he happens to be leading off. How do we feel about Cattell Martet? I always think he's overpriced. I'm I'm playing Zach Day. I'm playing like what eight hundred percent Zach Davis. I don't like any of the Diamondbacks. <laughs> he's gonna get a CGSO there against Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean I'm probably gonna have some Davies too, but grudgingly just because we live in the world of a salary cap. Uh, you mentioned Brantley. We don't know if Alvarez is gonna draw the start, but if he does for Houston, he's obviously you know a great play. Uh, we know they they lowered the the fences out there for Anaheim, and the, there's more home runs this season as there has been in seasons past. And Springer, I presume, will uh, have the leadoff spot. Uh, anything else that's worth saying as far as the outfielders? You want to jump into do a little bit of a screen share? Let's go ahead and see what's going on as far as the lineup HQ. We have not talked about uh, – well, is there anything else as far as outfielders, or uh, shall we jump away? Uh, the, the, with the Yankees lineup not known or whatever, uh, you're going to get a, like a 6% down to Aaron Judge at 4,400. Yeah. And I, I'll sign up for that. Yeah, that, that is super interesting. Again, that's just uh, specific to DK. Uh, other sites, uh, Fans Draft dropped that game. FanDuel dropped that game. But it's going to be – if that game goes nuts, um, you know, which I hope – yeah, I don't know how to handle it. Who knows what's, when that game's actually going to lock because, let's see, as of right now, we're talking about like, what, in the fifth inning or so. Yeah, top of the fifth. Uh, this game is not going to be finished by 7.05, or they're not going to be ready for game two by 7.05 on the East Coast. I can say that with confidence. Uh, all right. Well, let's take a peek as far as what's going down here in the lineup HQ. I wanted to see some umpire data. How much do you care about umpire data? I feel like you don't care about it. It's already in the projections. What does it matter? <laughs> That's why I said I don't look at baseball stats. Like, like I, I, I subscribe to the bat, Cardi's uh, bat projection. Like, it, it already factors all that in. So, like, I'll see, like, uh, Kepler 10.6. It's like, what do I have to look at anything? Like, it's, it's, it's in a number already. And then I'm going to only – I'm playing five-man stacks, so who cares at that point? So that's why, like, baseball to me is just like – I look at it as like a chessboard, and, like, the numbers really don't matter all that much. I see somebody in chat asking what the implied total for the second – for the Yankees uh, game is. And uh, just – Currently, the Yankees are, are five implied total with the Rays 4.6. Yeah, and you can get these on the, uh, the Roto-Grinders lineup page, which is free as well. Check that out. Uh, all right, what do we want to see? Okay, umpire data. The only extreme we have, it looks like uh, extreme. Oh, look at that. Matt Harvey, welcome back to the uh, the majors. You drew yourself an extreme hitters umpire, which did not do him any favors. Wade Miley on the other side. Anything else that's kind of sort of interesting here? I mean, it's just a, a bunch of neutral guys and a, a couple pitchers umpires there. But again, nothing too crazy. We talked about the K prop. Uh, you know, Bauer's got a 2K prop on the field, which is pretty interesting. I wouldn't, you know, I don't know who's going to – Somebody probably beats him. I love Bauer, and I think he's like the, like the smart, like, hash game play. Uh, but for sure, you can definitely move off of him in tournaments. Like, again, we talked about how strong that pool is of Strasburg and Boyd, uh, especially how he's been going for Ks of late. Syndergaard, five and a half for Syndergaard. Just what a weird number. But, you know, that San Francisco team is not, uh, you know, not that K heavy, and he does not strike out as many dudes of late. Mad Bum at five and a half as well. Uh, the plate IQ premium score. We got Bauer, Pop, and Strasburg. Boyd. Nothing really goofy here. Let's take a let's take a look as far as hitters. See hitters. I got a, a perfect standout option I, I, as a GPP player. Uh, one. Let's let me take a look. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In the top ten plate IQ scores. Yeah. 
there are three brewers, Yelich, Grandal, and Moustakis, and they're projected currently on DK to be 4%, 8%, and 4% on. There you go. Uh, Three lefties against Merrill Kelly, 15% strikeout rate, high plate. I mean, that's the reason why they're projected well. I mean, the plate IQ kind of aligns with the projection, and it makes sense with the platoon advantage in Arizona. I know it's slight ballpark downgrade, but if people are going to be, if people aren't going to play these Brewers because they're playing like Astros or they're playing Twins, like to me, this this is the this is the three man. If you're playing like a five three type of lineup on DK, like this is the three man that I'm looking for. Also wanted to point out what well, Stevie pointed this out yesterday. You know, we have the ownership percentage ownership percentage percentage projections. Easy for me to say. Uh, now we have the team ownership uh, projections. I think it came up yesterday for what it's worth and. Yeah, Houston's projected to be popular, and Minnesota's projected to be popular. Shocker, shocker. Uh, they're both uh, really well positioned today. Uh, let's see who Cheese has. Who does Cheese have as his core play? Bregman, Reddick, Winker, who's leading off, and Votto, uh, kind of the guys we've sort of talked about already. Let's see if Cards uh, has anybody he likes as far as a tournament play off the board. Uh, do you have this no. up in front of you? Anybody kind of jump out for you? Yeah, no, I, I, you know me, you know me. I, I, I'm, I'm a cheapo, so I already, I just click on salary relief and go, <laughs> who's here? And look who made it. Chris Davis is in salary yeah. relief. He's really cheap for zero points. <laughs> I saw Britt was in chat. Britt, Britt, uh, I can't remember the exact date, but he said maybe like the 19th of last month. Uh, since then, Chris Davis has one extra base hit. And again, he got hit in the hand. And like, I don't know if it's correlation causation or just a, a coincidence or whatever, but uh, he's been in bad form. Uh, yeah, but he is cheap and you're kind of sort of, it's kind of baked into the price. And historically, Davis has hit, what, 40 home runs the last three seasons and batted 247, uh, I think every season. Um, yeah, not that I'm saying that's a great thing, but who cares about batting average anyway? We just care about homers. Um, all right, let's turn it over to the chat. Chat, fire away some questions as you guys uh, load up the questions for us. If you guys are on YouTube, feel free to ask some questions as well. Devin will pull those and copy and paste them. The magic of internet television, we will read those questions. we got about six minutes or so before we step aside and get out of here and make way for the aforementioned Hardy. He'll tell you all about sample sizes on crunch time with Roth. We'll tell you if there's any weather out there that's lurking. Before we do that, give me your favorite stacks. If somebody's just joining the show, and give me three homers. Be as ambitious as you want to be. Who's going yard today? Okay, for, for my stacks, uh, uh, I'm more likely to fade Minnesota if they're going to be popular as well as Houston. <clears throat> but uh, I would be Cincinnati against uh, Dakota Hudson. And uh, it's kind of hard because like, like Milwaukee I'd like, but I don't like the five-man, but I like the three-man. And then the other would be uh, playing on the other side of the Angels game if Trout is not in the lineup. So this, this is a caveat, only because Trout costs so much. So if Trout's not in the lineup, people are less likely to stack the Angels. They have yeah. all these out. Like, I'd rather just play Otani and Upton and not have to worry and not have a third outfielder from another game. So that would be my caveat. I, I like the Angels if the Trout is not in the lineup. What a weird caveat. <laughs> but I, I hear you. I understand it's a stack saying. price. It's a stack yeah. price position thing. I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, all right, let's knock out some questions before we step aside and get out of here. Uh, favorite stack, Brewers or Reds? Well, you're going to say Reds because – I'm going to say both, 5-3 it. Come on, do it well, both together. Well, then you, what do you do about Zach Davies? He's not so you pl- yeah, yeah, he's in every line. What does it matter? <laughs> all right, uh, Soto versus Brantley, Fandle Cash. Again, there was a, a pitcher change there in Atlanta. Soto is going to be facing now uh, – Somebody who's not been very good. He's given it a small sample. Wright's been getting shellacked as far as a homer perspective. 
Uh, you like Brantley or you like Soto today? Uh, in in catch, I'd probably. I mean, Brantley's going to be a little bit probably chalkier. So I, I in catch typically I side with the ownership. So I'd go with Brantley. Uh, what what do you use for jock itch? Do you have? A, can you speak to that? <laughs> that's just what do question. I use for jock itch? I know that's a question. I'm Ron Burgundy, man. I just read the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that much. Someone said that, that I, I, I'm wearing some type of ketchup sock. What is going on with this chat? What kind of questions are these? Welcome to the, yeah, well, this is, this is how it works on the internet sometimes. Well, this was supposed to be making fun of you, Dean, not me. I'm deflecting as much as possible. Ah. All their jokes are old at this point, you know. Uh, Thames versus Zimmerman. Uh, I, I, I prefer Zimmerman, unless uh, you're playing a Milwaukee stack. Uh, any shortstop around, this is a very specific question, 3.9K shortstop on DK. Oh, okay. It's very specific. Let me go to shortstop. As a one-off, I mean, if, you play, if you're playing GBP, take whatever shortstops in the stack that you're playing. So, like, that's my default answer. But outside of that, under 3.9, uh, geez, I mean, you, you might as well just play whoever. Play Brandon Crawford against Syndergaard. No one's going to do that. <laughs> 3.9 is an awkward price. I pulled it up. I used the old scroller there. Uh, and made a 3.9, and, like, there's just nobody out there. It's not a very appealing option. Toys. Well, Gregorius, I mean, if he's in the lineup, I like Gregorius as the one-off, but, like, no one's going to play Crawford. And Torres, uh, Gleiber is 3.9 as well, for what it's worth. Uh, best contrarian GPP stack is at Cincinnati. Well, you were talking about how uh, Cincinnati, according to Slate IQ, is one of the better stacks, correct? Right. Uh, right now, the, uh, Cincinnati has the highest win expectation for the leverage, but the highest leverage check technically – uh, Tampa Bay is fourth on the list and they're going to be even lower owned, but of course, what's the lineup? Who knows? So if you want to take a shot in a big field GPP, guess what you think the lineup is. Hope that lock gets pushed back, do something on DK, but outside of like, if, if it's not on DK, cause the, the, that game isn't on the slate, like going to Atlanta against Strasburg. I think that's a very good leverage play. Mike Zanino's in the lineup. I'll, I'll guess that Wait, let's do a little lightning around here because there's a bunch of questions in only a few minutes here. Uh, which pairing do you prefer, Strasburg and Roark? Oh, wait a second. So Strasburg and Roark versus Roark and Gibson. Well, okay, who do you prefer, Strasburg or Gibson? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, Strasburg or Gibson. Wait, what? Yeah, for raw points, sure. I'll take I'll take the better pitcher. That seems I don't stupid. That question, like basically saying uh, delegating more funds or less funds to pitching. Uh, I think I think you're going to need an eight. I, I don't think the two cheap pitcher, two mid range pitcher is for GPP is going to be is going to work. One of those aces is going to get a good enough score that you're going to need it. You like O'Neill as a one off? You could always yeah, power hitter. Sure, why not? Uh, how do you feel about stacking St. Louis with Edmund Martinez, Goldie, and O'Neill? Uh, basically, the St. Louis stack. Okay, that, uh, on Fanduel, sure, a four man stack there. I get. I mean, I've been. I've been playing the Cardinals too much when they were even cheaper. They never work. They never work. So don't blame me when it doesn't work out. If you sim it out a thousand times, I bet it works like twice. Well, I haven't hit those two times. When when is that going to (laughs) happen? They're due. Isn't that how that works? Oh, no, but it's, uh, when is it? Okay, when is it due? And when is it that they're cold and you should never play? play Like Chris Davis. Yeah. In the Discord Discord chat, we have people that are Xing out Davis because he's obviously never going to hit a home run again. Then we got people that are like, I'm all in on Davis because he's due. How you can't have both of them at the same time? Hey, tell the people of the, of the Discord chat because a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, we're we're in the I'm in the Discord nearly all day, even during the slate. Uh, that we have the MLB channel as well as the Bat channel. So if you're not on Discord, if you, as long as you're a Roto Grinder uh, premium member, like you could just connect your Discord, connect your Roto Grinders account to Discord, 
and it's just like a Slack or whatever. Like if, if it's a, it's a, it's just like it's a better chat that's in, that's in this chat roll stuff with all the ketchup stock questions. We have much more productive chat in the Discord. So you're throwing uh, down the gauntlet. You're just you're taking. Well, because it's true. It's true. Look at these questions. They're telling they're calling me Kurt Schilling. Like, this do I want to deal with these people? Let me see your socks. This is a question that's going to turn it all around. Hudson, any interest in Hudson or Miley in tournaments? Oh, because no one's going to play him, sure. But outside of that, no. Matt Olson? Uh, that, I think an A stack with Olson, I think, I think that's a good play against what could be a Chalky Gibson. Thanos or Stark? Isn't Thanos like a, a Marvel guy or something? I don't, that's not my world. He probably he's probably gonna hit home run tonight over Chris Davis. Is that a Thor reference? Is Thor involved? Is he in the same world as as, as uh, Syndergaard? I have no idea what's going on with that question. Well, I don't even watch uh, superhero movies. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. It's I'm, it's out of I'm out of my element. Uh, are we falling for Chris Davis again? Is another question. And like it sounds like we are. I'm probably gonna play some Chris Davis begrudgingly. Um, you did fire off your home run calls. Give me a, a two for two. Here we go. We got Simeon and Boyd versus Bregman and Thor. Uh, I mean, it depends in GPP, the number one. Yeah, uh, that, that will definitely be less owned for what it's worth. All right, we got to step aside. We got to get out of here. We got to uh, make way for. Yeah, hit the homers one more time, if you don't mind, because uh, I thought you fired him off unless I completely zoned out. What do you have, Ray? Three homers. Three? Oh, I, th- I thought it was only two. Well, what a, well, okay, no, no, okay, I'll do, I'll do it, I'll do it. Chris Davis hits two home runs today, and Mustakas hits one. Because yeah, Chris Davis better hit two home runs today, or I'm losing even more money. You're still going to be, you might, you might be even if he hits two homers. That's right. <laughs> All right, he's Jordan. Thanks, uh, you know, Jordan, you did well for your first time. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope people, people enjoyed having you on. With that, uh, we're going to step aside and get out of here. Make way for crunch time. D-Train's got to fire it up. Y'all get Cardi and Roth. We're out of here. Enjoy your baseball. Holler.